0: what is happening everyone what's going on so welcome to episode three of the podcast Uh, in this episode i'm talking to one of my favorite creators his name is sam newton he's based out in san diego and he's a really talented videographer Uh, he's been to a bunch of places Uh, he's done some really cool videos and we got into a lot of super interesting topics Um, so i hope you enjoy this one if you like it, share with your friends, family, grandma, whatever it may be. Hope you enjoy. What is up everyone coming in? So today I'm going to be doing a live stream, um, a live stream podcast with one of my favorite creators. His name is Sam Newton. What's up, Sam? So he should be joining in here in a second.
1: Hey, what's up, man?
0: how's it going? Good. How about you?
1: fantastic man oh damn this crops in nice and tight on my face
0: yeah (laughs) it's up close and personal (laughs) how we doing good man thanks for hopping on here yeah absolutely how's it going everybody yeah what's up y'all this is
1: this is my first time ever doing instagram live so consider it an honor
0: it's It's pretty cool (laughs) we got 22 people Sweet. So basically, um, we're just going to be talking about kind of content creation, videography, traveling, and as Sam says, sick ass content. Um, (laughs) Just a bunch of different topics today. You guys feel free to hop in at any point. Um, But yeah, so I guess um, the first question that I would have for you is just how did you initially pick up a camera in the first place and kind of start
1: how did i start it all um yeah well i had a pretty classic collegiate beginning to it all um a sorority on campus hit me up and they needed a rush video and that was back in 2013 so this is before rush videos were even a thing uh and so i made their rush video and sorority girls of the queens of social media and that kind of just snowballed into being shared all across campus and uh I became the guy. I went to UC Davis up in uh, Northern California. And uh, that kind of just snowballed into me being uh, the video dude on campus. And uh, I took that and ran with it and kind of uh, dove into the travel space right after getting out of college. So, yeah.
0: Right. So, contrary to popular belief, you did not drop out of college <laughs> after you saw man, that's, this video. Uh, I, we were talking about this earlier, man. That's <laughs> yeah. I, I get a lot
1: of messages. So people who don't know me, uh, I made a a funny video, uh, kind of poking fun at uh, uh, the content creation world, where I say I dropped out of college, and I get a lot of messages saying, uh, "Yo, man, I dropped out of college too." It's so inspiring to see that, and I was like, ah. <laughs> I was joking and a lot of people just don't really understand my humor, but uh, you know, it's nuanced, it's it's a different style of humor, so it's gonna miss a lot of people.
0: Yeah, yeah, well plenty of people did understand it. It seems like, you're, like your new collaborative video. So for those of you who don't know, uh, Sam's, I guess you could say thing, um, is, is kind of like his signature move is doing the influencer hand, which is basically filming your hand like, grasping the air um and he's putting together this big what did you call it the influencer movie uh, what yeah. calling it.
1: uh i gave it a random name the, the day i posted it but uh yeah the the influencer collab is what i'm calling it the collaboration of all
0: influencers uh, yeah. it's a
1: collaboration to end all collaborations
0: <laughs> yeah dude it's so funny and that's so that's the video the first video that you made is the first time that i saw your content um the the one where you just poking fun at influencers yeah, yeah. um that's kind of how i found out about you and the thing is like the video is is so good like i think that's why a lot of people were fooled by it because the actual video itself is done so well um and that comes from so one of the main things that's kind of different about what you do is you came from the business side of like, doing travel and content creation. Um, And as opposed to what a lot of people do is like, like myself, I thought I had to build a following and then I could start working with brands. And I slowly grew my following and, and it was kind of reverse. It was like I was posting all these cool videos. And then all of a sudden, I was like, whoa, I should, I really like this. Like, I want to dive into the business world of things. But for you, from the get-go, it sounds like it was a business.
1: Yeah, I mean, when I graduated college, me and my buddy Gabe, uh, we went on a trip through Europe, and we didn't really have much money. I think I had, like, like $900 to my name, and that was all from uh, uh, just different uh, gifts that I was given after college. So I probably had $500, and then I was given, like, $400. So I – I had like a little under $1,000. And I'm like, this isn't enough to even buy a ticket to Europe. So we're like, well, what if we get some companies on board? And we we're able to raise probably like $1,500 total. So just enough to do uh, just the, the dirtiest uh, backpacking trip around Europe. But at the time, that's all we wanted to do. Uh, yeah. So we reached out. Uh, we probably reached out, dude, to like 1,000 companies on email. And at the time, like when I look back in hindsight, dude, my videos they were not very good. <laughs> and I was so like full of myself. I was like, dude, I'm good. Like I'm going to get it." And, uh, out of all the people that I reached out to probably, I'd say we got responses from like 15 companies. And then out of those responses, like 10 of them just said no. And then, uh, then after that, there's probably like five that were kind of interested and then only two kind of caught on. Uh, but those two were enough to, to pay like a partial amount into, uh, Uh, that Europe trip so that's kind of how that all started and uh, I just built on that because once we finished that I was I I told my buddy Gabe I'm like dude we could we could do this 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 could be uh, uh, something that if somebody out there is making money traveling I've always had that why not me mentality so like why why not just give it a try give it a go and so that next year I just lived at my parents house uh, and traveled as much as humanly possible doing that same thing. I'd come back from a trip, I'd send out a shit ton of emails, just figure out who was interested in uh, coming on board and being a part of the trip, and uh, then, then we started landing clients, and I think I learned quickly what people's biggest mistakes there is, I wasn't focused on the clients I did land, right, so I was focused so much on like, okay, now I have this client, I can use them to get a better client and then i once i get that client i can use them to get a better client and that's where it, it was so hard for me in my first few trips because i just wasn't focused on what i had i was so like consumed with with getting a better client that paid more and that and that my videos for those clients like the initial people that invested in me ended up not being that great because i was just so consumed in like okay well now i have one i can get another and now i have another instead of just focusing on what i had at that time uh so that was a big learning curve for me, just going straight into it. But yeah, man, it's been a it's been a long journey so far and we built up, uh, for those of you who don't know, I run a travel media collective called Move to Create with my buddy, Luke Jackson Clark. Uh, shout out Luke. I know he'll be listening in afterwards. Uh, but we essentially work with clients, just the, the cliche, we work with clients on branding projects all around the world. Um, but our niche is, we do our best to focus on like five or six clients and that's it and not try to expand too much because I know there's certain uh, and we try to stay away from like the influencer side of things. We don't advertise ourselves as influencers. We don't. We advertise ourselves as a, a collective that can provide tangible uh, value to a company instead of just come in and be like, yo, we'll tag you, bro. We'll, <laughs> like toss us your Nutrigrain bar and we'll go to Switzerland and we'll tag you and use your hashtag. So yeah. we work more on like larger end branding projects and uh, uh, have built up a pretty solid resume doing that. And it wasn't easy and it took a long, long time. We've been at it for about three years now, but uh, uh, the persistence has paid off.
0: Yeah, definitely. And it's, um, it's one of those things that, um, I have a similar story where I used to just like, like my photos were horrible, but I used to send out, like I would set myself a goal like, 10 emails or 15 emails a day, and just blast them out. And I don't know why anyone would get back to me at the time. But it was like, you would get you'd get super stoked if you got a no, like if you got a response, I remember being like, Yeah, this is awesome. They actually replied to me. Um, And then yeah, you just have to like, keep going after it keep sending emails, and you're bound to get some yeses.
1: Yeah, but it sounds like we both had a very similar start where it's like, maybe like when we started our content wasn't incredible but we just went after it and that's what like I'm I'm sure the same with you people reach out to me all the time like how do I land a sponsor man it's the number one question I ever get asked like dude how do I land a travel sponsor and it's just such an open-ended question people are coming in with asking all the wrong questions where they want this easy like button that they can press that will just funnel them money and 20 sponsors, and then they're set to go to Bali for three weeks. Uh, And (laughs) it's not that easy. However, uh, there's always somebody who wants something, right? There's millions of companies out there. Uh, We're in the digital age. Everybody needs photos. Everybody needs videos. Uh, Luckily, you and I have built ourselves up to a place where we have this content. We have this portfolio. So we look more attractive to companies now because we're established, we have, we have content behind us. However, that doesn't go to say that if you don't have any content at all, that you can't get somebody because it's just a matter of time until yeah. somebody bites. Um, and it's all about doing it the right way, being intentional about how you approach that. And just being persistent, like, you're going to get a lot of no's and people are going to turn you down left and right. Uh, on, on those first wave of like, if you really want sponsors for your trips Uh, people are going to turn you down left and right but uh, if it's really what you want to do you got to be persistent but
0: yeah yeah yeah. and it's it's one of those things like like nobody even the best videographers filmmakers on the planet nobody started just producing like banger content like nobody's first video is this awesome (laughs) show reel that you can send companies it's like I've, my first video is a horrible GoPro Hero 1 video of me and my friends just dicking around snowboarding. And I'm sure you'll, you film stuff like that, too. It's like it's, you can't expect your first video or photo or whatever it is to be the best. Mm-hmm. It's just a game of, like, putting one fit in front of the other, getting better than you were yesterday. Um, and I think a lot of people get kind of intimidated at the beginning because they're like, damn, I just sent 100 emails and nobody got back to me.
1: Send 100 more, baby. Send yeah, 100 more.
0: Exactly. It's the only way.
1: Yeah. 100%. And I, I, I always go back to just just asking people why. Because people don't ask themselves that question enough. Uh, and it seems like a very simple uh, question, however, where it's like, I want travel sponsors, right? So it's just a blanket statement. I want a client to pay for my trip around the world. Nobody, nobody stops and says why. Right. Or nobody stops and said, like, people so early in the videography game, I'm going to speak for the rest of this podcast so people know from the stance of a videographer and not a photographer specifically, because that's my uh, expertise. But nobody when when you're reaching out to these clients and these companies, nobody is going to come in with a a high portfolio or like early in the game. Right. You're not going to come in with all of this content. You're not going to come in with all of this on on your plate. And so you got to understand that everybody has that start, and you got to ask yourself this question of why, why do I want to do this in the first place in, in terms of the travel space? For me, it was like I genuinely fell in love with it, and it's pretty easy to fall in love with uh, travel in general because if you've gone out there, if you're with good people, um, it's just a really incredible experience, a good self-discovering experience. However, uh, a lot of people just see the glitz and glam of Instagrammers And they say, that's what I want, instead of asking themselves, like, okay, well, do I want to develop? Because developing a business around the travel space is hard. It's not fun. And once you start – I mean, it's fun. But, like, once you really dive into it, once you start making decent money, now you're – it gets complicated. It's it's not an easy task, and people just want everything handed to them in that regard. And so not enough people from my end ask themselves – Why do they want to do this? Why are they setting out to be in the travel space in the the first place? Or even with videography in general, like do you want to make videos so you can be really big on YouTube? Or do you want to make videos because you're genuinely in love with making videos? You're genuinely having so much fun with this creative process of building something from the ground up. And then you can slowly like, Oh, well, I learned something here. I learned something there. And if you're coming from that place, you're going to, go way further than somebody who's like, dude, I saw this one guy going
0: around the world
1: and I want to be like him because that looks dope.
0: Yeah. And it's tough with social media. Cause it's like 99% of people out there just show that final photo. Like, you know, like I just, the photo that I always have in mind is, is someone sitting in a pool with a bowl of uh, like floating fruit basket. And it's like, that is the photo that they see like that is the stereotypical i made it i'm traveling the world photo but no one sees like the the 14 hour flight where you're stuck in between two obese people and you're just like suffering and you're going through all this so i think i think it's starting to shift whereas like people are wanting more behind the scenes things um which is cool but it's definitely just one of those things where it's like it's it's hard not to be like, wow, I want to do that. I want to do that when you see the final product. But once you get into it and once you actually start doing it um, as a living, you realize how much work goes into it. I don't think you can make it very far unless you love the grind. It's just yeah. like you really have to fall in love with, with sitting in front of your computer for hours on end um, to get one minute of footage that is just like – representative of a massive trip or something. It's just <laughs> yeah, it even the, like e- so much work that people don't see. And,
1: um, yeah, even, even those people that curate their life perfectly, they're, they're spending a lot of time curating their life perfectly. It's not like yeah. they just show up, snap the picture and then they leave. They, they are are very, uh, intentional on how, and like, I personally, it's not my, my vibe. I, if I go to Bali, I, I don't order a bunch of food, take a picture and then throw it all the way. Um, but to each their own, however, uh, again, it just all comes back to why. Why do you want to do it in the first place? Why are you really trying to to get get after it? And I think that's kind of where uh, – why I started, like, poking fun at our industry in the first place and why I started uh, making these videos that kind of just just poke at how, how dumb it is sometimes, man. We try so hard. Everybody tries so fucking hard. Uh, yeah. And I'm just not that guy. Like, growing up, uh, in like or just going through college right and just watching people in the travel space that are just like super good looking dudes everyone's doing backflips like dude I struggle I struggle doing the simplest tasks and these guys are hugging triple gainers like everybody and their mother can do a gainer I don't know how that was taught to everybody just in the content world um, and now I just go on trips and people are like Try, like, I've been on so many trips where people are just trying to teach themselves backflips for no other reason than, like, getting a cool photo a backflip. <laughs> <laughs> And I backflip. not
0: so you know, I, you
1: know, Early Like, two years ago, I was trying to get on the back. Like, I was trying to learn how to do a backflip uh, for that reason. <laughs> and I, I just caught myself like, dude, Sam, I'm not that athletic. I'm not that interesting. I'm not that guy. So I had to step back and ask myself, well, who am I? How can people relate to me? And I guess I answered that question, which is, I am got stupid humor. Uh, I really, really enjoy just dry, sarcastic, dad joke-like humor. Uh, and I just wanted to run with that and show people in the travel space specifically that there are other people out there than just the people that you see just doing insanely cool stuff all the time.
0: Yeah. And, like... I, I saw it, uh, like, not only that, it's just like, I saw it, I can't remember who posted it, it was a big Nat Geo guy, um, and he was like, he posted a picture of a polar bear, and he was like, he was like, I get messages all the time. People are like, I want your job, You're you have my dream job, like, this is so amazing, and Right after that, he wrote like three paragraphs about how to get this one photo, he had to spend like three months in Africa, (laughs) freezing his ass off, sitting in a like hide, just waiting for a polar bear to come for like three months. He's like, no, you don't want this. Like, Uh. you have to pick something that you love grinding at and doing because that guy genuinely loves sitting in the snow, freezing his ass off, waiting for a polar bear. Um, And... To, to be in the travel space, you don't have to have an APAC and know how to do a backflip and stay at luxury places. Like there's plenty of friends of mine who are just absolutely killing it. And they just like one of them did a two month road trip through India and he just did motorcycles and stayed with locals. And, um, I think that luxury type of travel is just, um, it's a little bit just kind of like the in thing right now, but there's so many different types out there. Um, Yeah, you just got to pick what you actually love. Um, But yeah, to get back to um, kind of your story, what specifically about the travel video space appealed to you in the first place? Did you travel when you were growing up or was that a thing you started doing later? No, I left the country. Okay, so caveat. I went to Mexico City once
1: um, when I was 16. It was the first time I ever traveled, but that was for soccer. Uh, I tried out for a professional soccer team um those of you who know me I don't know I don't know if any of my friends are tuned in right now but they know I I joke around all the time right uh I was a a goalkeeper back in high school I was pretty good uh I tried out for the professional soccer team I didn't make it but uh uh, that was a cool experience and after that the first time I left the country that was when I was 16 and then the first time I left the country after going to Mexico City for four days was when I was 22 years old and it was that first Euro trip and for me it wasn't a decision of, I want to start a travel company. It was, what can I do to continually travel? And that's, that. I, I was just like, I want to travel more. My dad's a mechanic. My mom's a kindergarten teacher. We don't come, I didn't come from money. Uh, I Like I said, I graduated with like a $1,000 and then another 20 grand in student loan debt. So I didn't really have that much money to, to go out and travel, but uh, I made it happen. And that first Euro trip, I just fell in love with it. And I'm like, I got to keep doing this. I gotta find a way to keep doing this. And I guess that's just what I did. I just stayed persistent with that. And uh, again, I just never decided like I'm going to start a travel company. Like it was more so like I want to continue to travel and how can I, how can I do what needs to be done in order to, to keep traveling in order to go to the places that I want to see in the world and share these moments with uh, so many incredible people, because uh, at that time, when I was like 22 years old and traveling and uh, single and just running around the world, it was just so, so incredible. To just meet so many different people. And you're just you you kind of slow things down and you step away from just the the grind of what everybody's doing back in the States. And you're like, OK, there are different ways to live this life. And that's what I, I think I fell in love with. So, uh, yeah, I, I never I never just made the decision. I just realized it's what I really love doing. Um, and then I kind of, like you said, I fell in love with the grind. I fell in love with putting it all together.
0: Yeah, dude, I actually have a really similar story. I like, when I was growing up, my family and I always did these big road trips. We'd like all pile in the minivan and drive to like the East coast or something. Um, but I never went international until I graduated high school. So when I was 18 and I think I was just like seeing different travel shows and bloggers and stuff. I was like, Oh, I want to do that. And so I did this first initial trip to Iceland, bumming it, eating Top Ramen for every single meal, like hitchhiking. I think I had like, I think I spent $600 and I just didn't have any money. But I did this trip and absolutely fell in love with it. And it was the same for me. I was just questioning like, okay, I don't know how I'm going to do this, but I want to do this like every single day of my life. Like I want to figure out a way to do this as a career. And luckily the photography and videography thing worked out. So um. Yeah, <laughs> like with traveling, it's all about the people. Um, yeah, and and the more you the more you do it, the the more
1: it's going to keep happening. So, one thing, right? For the most part, obviously, uh, I've gotten messages from people that that live in areas where they're they're not like I got a really long email the other day from a guy who lives in Afghanistan, and he's talking about how his suit he really wants to travel, but is super hard with like visa situations. And I was like,
0: dude,
1: I, I can't really offer too much advice, except keep trucking, keep doing your best. Um, that's not a place for the most part. However, the people that follow you and me are people that at least have the means to get out. Not, not even internationally, just get out of their backyard. Right. Hop in somebody's car. I don't care if you have a car or, if, or if you have to just hop in, just throw your thumb up and hop in somebody's car. Drive an hour away from wherever you live and make something, right? Just make something and just decide. All right, do I want to live this life on the road? Do I want to want to make this the this content while I'm traveling and everything? And uh, the the idea of just like it's just crazy how many people are like, well, you're obviously rich if you're just traveling all this, or or you're obviously you come from money, or you obviously, and then you could tell people just have this this negative mindset of just. Uh, This closed mindset of like, well, I'm not going to be able to do that. Of course I can't do that. Uh, And you're never going to be able to survive with that. And so you got to, if you really want to figure out if this is right for you, go two hours away. If you live in Kansas, drive to Missouri. If you live in Missouri, drive to Arkansas. Just do something so you can immerse yourself in something different. Uh, Put yourself out there in a different situation or scenario and start filming something. You can't, you can't decide if you're going to be a travel photographer or a travel videographer if you haven't done anything. You can't sit back in your hometown and be like, I don't live anywhere cool, so I'm never going to be able to do this.
0: Yeah. I've, I've actually gotten a, quite a few messages of people saying that. They're like, yo, I, I would really love to do what you're doing, but I live in some small town in some random place. And it's like, that can't be an excuse. Like, even if you're... I don't know if you're following someone. Uh, his name is Ty Schmidt. He's a storm chaser, and he uh, just, just cruises did, uh, around BG, the Midwest. The BG yeah, BG he did there. yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, like all these photos from the Midwest. He cruises around storm chasing are like some of the most incredible photos I've ever seen, and that's in the Midwest where I, I, I remember a couple of the emails were from people in the Midwest. Um, but yeah, it's all just about like getting out of your comfort zone. I think just putting yourself in situations that make you go like, whoa, I don't know if I should be here right now. Like that's one of the most important things to life because you don't grow unless you're out of your comfort zone. If you're just sitting in your comfort zone, not growing, not doing anything new, you're not, you're not improving, you're not questioning anything. Mm-hmm. Or, uh, yeah, I, for me, I'm, I'm adamant about it. This is what fires me up
1: because it's like, people are like, I can't afford to travel. And then I see them Friday, Saturday, posting pictures at the bars uh, with their new pairs of shoes. Like, I can show you guys my closet right now. It's sad. I got a sad closet, not because uh, I can't afford clothes, but because I choose that life. I have five T-shirts, two pairs of pants, two shorts. I don't own much. Uh, And I've always had that mindset of just, like, don't spend money on the wrong things, because you can buy a ticket to Vietnam right now for – Six months down the line for $600, $700, something crazy like that. In Vietnam, you could survive off $10 a day. You could do a yeah, three-week like trip in Vietnam. Yeah, for $1,000, you can stay in Vietnam for a month. That's including flights. Uh, so, for me, it's just like, say you have a, a full-time job, too. You only get two weeks off. Then use those two weeks, baby. Fly to Vietnam. Go. Get out there. People just want to so hard to make some kind of excuse uh, and see these obstacles as something that they they the obstacles are more like comfort to them they see these obstacles and they're like okay well I can't yeah. I can't get over that I'm gonna chill right here as opposed to seeing it and being like alright well what what can I do to get through it what can I do to keep pushing through it and, and embracing those to, to really make what they want to happen happen
0: yeah I, I think that's a really good point that you make like people see these obstacles as like a little bubble, like a comfort bubble. Like, no, I, I, I can't go because I don't have the money. And then that's that's not the reality. It's just what they're telling themselves. And I think another thing is that holds people back from traveling and getting out is um, not having anyone to do it with. Like that is a huge thing. They're like, I get messages all the time. We're like, how do you find people to travel with? You um, travel, dude. You yeah, travel. You just go. <laughs> Yeah, the thing is, it's like, like my first trip in Asia, I just bought a one-way, I was alone. I couldn't convince any of my friends to come with me because, I mean, it's kind of weird to randomly buy a one-way ticket to Asia. Uh, It's not that common. So none of my friends want to come with me. But the thing is, as soon as you land and check into your hostel, you're now with like 20 homies who are Mm -hmm. in in the country. They want to travel this country. And you're instantly friends with them because you have this connection. So, you're gonna
1: make friends, man. That's what yeah. that's
0: what that's what it's all about. Especially if you
1: start in like a backpacker-friendly area, right? If you're like, yo, I'm gonna go out, and your first trip is to to Botswana, maybe it's not gonna work out as as easy as you want it to. But if your first trip is out to Thailand, like, come on, dude, you're gonna make yeah. plenty of friends and half the people out in Thailand want to be an Instagrammer anyways, so you're gonna be able to not only make <laughs> friends, you're gonna make friends that want to get out there and shoot and film, and uh, there's there's plenty of girls out in Thailand that, dude, when I first started traveling, uh, just a, a preface to everybody, I'm 5'10", I'm a weird looking dude, I don't pull girls uh, that easily. Uh, let me start by saying that, I do all right for myself, but uh, um, I went on Tinder, right, put in my bio, who wants to go out and shoot, right? I swear to God! And this is how I met my first. Like, I have I have like three or four good friends from that that I met traveling that are just like, yo, I'd be super down. Let's go out. Let's let's shoot. And I met girls that way. And we went out. We like wandered the beaches and we would film. Uh, and it was a great way to get out with somebody else who wanted to be creative and somebody else who wanted to do something. Um, and so stuff like I I I just. I can't, uh, I'm not a very apologetic person. I don't want to like somebody who's like, I, I don't have anybody to travel with. I'm like, boo-hoo, go, get out there. You, again, people just want to put up these walls. People really want to set these barriers for themselves. And they're so blinded and they think that these barriers are something that, that they can't get around, but really they're something that they put up themselves and that they they want there. And they just, they can't admit to themselves that.
0: Yeah people just fence themselves in um, mm-hmm. like the, the biggest barriers that you have to face are just the ones you make yourself the ones in your head. Um, and the, the, the traveling solo thing is a big one. Um, the not having money is a big one. But it just doesn't. It, honestly, like people don't believe me when I say it like it honestly isn't that expensive to travel. Like you said a second ago, it's like, you can have a dope ass Vietnam vacation for like, maybe 1500 bucks.
1: Dude, Vietnam, so cheap and like, so cool. It's
0: five weekends. <laughs> dude, look, yeah,
1: look, yeah. My guy, my guy Dusty was good. Dusty, you met Dusty on the road. That's a perfect yeah. example. We have somebody in the in the Instagram live right now that Danny met on the road. Yeah. So that the 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 excuse of I had no one to travel with is something I can't empathize with because I'm like, dude, I go just get out there. People again, people just want to make want to make excuses and. Uh, they're not thinking about you just have to have a progressive mindset and think okay instead of what can't i do what can i do
0: yeah and like the the worst thing that could possibly happen is you fly to another country you show up and it sucks and you're like wow this is not fun i can't meet anyone even though that's not going to actually be the case you're going to meet plenty of amazing people but even so let's say the whole trip sucked you didn't meet one other human um, you still got to see a really incredible place, and I'm sure when you get home, you're like, "Wow, I'm so glad that I did that." Um, but yeah, that that just wouldn't happen. Like, yeah, and then you maybe, man, then
1: then maybe you, you <laughs> try it one more time and you figure out travel photography isn't for you, and that's yeah. okay. Then you then now you don't have to sit sit on your ass looking at Instagram all day, being like, "I want to do this," because now you know, dude, I don't want to do this because yeah. I like being comfortable. I like because there's nothing. <laughs> There's nothing wrong. People in our industry, especially, shame the nine-to-five. People shame people that, that go to school and that, uh, that sit back and have the nine-to-five. And that's, by all means, I don't care about Do what you want to do. Just don't do that and then complain about it. Don't yes. do that and say you can't do anything else. So that, that's my biggest thing. You're going to, like you said, Danny, you're, if you go out there, worst case scenario, you just have a vacation. You realize that maybe traveling is not for you, then now you can go back. And now you can really focus on something else that might matter to you.
0: Yeah. And that big what if is, is out of the question because you mm-hmm. tried it. Like you went for it. I think that's, that's the biggest thing is just going for it. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I agree. Like the people who have nine to fives and just absolutely love it and they're stoked on it. That's so awesome. Um, like as long as you're doing something that you're passionate about and you're not complaining and being like, man, I wish I could be doing this, I wish I could be doing this. I'm all for it. Some people that's just right for them. That's just mm-hmm. what they need to do. 100% Do we, we have any questions or anything here in the comments? If you go to... What's up,
1: everybody? How are we doing? I, I yeah. want to
0: catch up on these comments. I want to... I know. If you have any questions, just drop them in now so we can see them.
1: The little monkey 169 says hello. <laughs> what a username. <laughs> <laughs> we got Steven in here. What's good, Steve? Camera gear. Jeez. Oh, geez. Did that man. one. If so, does no one asked what camera, oh, come on. What camera gear <laughs> did you, okay. All right, ADP, Nike. What camera gear did you take is a better question than what camera do you use. That's a little bit more specific. Yeah. The, the, what camera did you use, everybody out there, guys, girls alike, is the most overused unnecessary question ever hit the google buy something and shoot with it uh stop asking people you look up to what camera they use because it does not matter george you know george hammond yeah george used a 6d for i think he might have just upgraded but he used a 6d for carl carl shakur used a uh like a 7d and like some random like $80 lens, like the 17 to 35. I didn't even know <laughs> Canon made that or the Tamron <laughs> or whatever it was. Just I, I understand it. It is an important decision and people really want to make sure they're making the right decision when they're going in financially to this stuff. But man, yeah. don't worry so much about your camera equipment. Just just get out there. Just get something. Go shoot.
0: Yeah. I think, honestly, like, I'm a, I'm a big culprit of that. Before I got into it, I did so much research. I was Everybody looking is. for days. What camera will give me this, like, magic pill to get these Instagram bangers? That's and what... at the end of the day, I just picked a random one and made it work. Like, whatever camera you get, it's all about your creativity. It's all about what you do with it. Some of my favorite photos were taken on this Google Pixel mm-hmm. just because it's super easy to have ad, in the pocket. It's an ad. <laughs> not sponsored, <laughs> but yeah, like phones are really good cameras nowadays. It's actually makes me kind of angry sometimes because, I'm like, <laughs> man, I spent all this money on a camera and now this phone is kicking us uh, out
1: could, couldn't agree more, man. I think I think uh, if you if you have the will, you're gonna you're gonna make it happen. Uh, it doesn't matter what's in your kit, and I can. Con- I'm not. Con- I'm I'm saying that. From somebody it's like, just just film. Just get it done. Just get it out there. Yeah. Close. Hey, has McGee entered your hand video thing? Uh <laughs> Danny sent some fire in. <laughs> Danny's got a good one. We got a oh. squad shot the other day. Oh, that was dude, that was the top one for sure. I'm excited, <laughs> dude. This this project has been fun. I didn't expect it to be so fun. People are really Really vibing with it. It's it's cool to see the creativity behind everybody.
0: Yeah. How how many submissions do you have so far? Do
1: you know? I'd say like mid twenties, twenty five to thirty. Um, I'd say like half like half of them are really well thought out and done, and the other half were just kind of just like thrown together. Um, so I'm right now. I'm just really trying to figure out what I want to do with it.
0: Yeah. When Semi- your video, you were like, I don't know what I'm doing, but. I'm doing it. Yeah, man. None of us
1: know what we're doing. None of this matters. Just do something that makes you happy and keep at it.
0: Yep. That's the most important thing. And the thing is, once you're doing something that makes you happy, you're going to spend so much time doing it that you eventually get good at it, and then someone's going to pay you for that. Like, even if it's, like, quilting. Like, say I absolutely had this, like, flaming passion for quilting. I could just start quilting and since I love it so much, I would spend all my free time doing it and eventually someone would see my quilts and be like, Yo, that's a dope quilt and then someone would pay me for it, and then I could start a business doing it. And it's the same for photography, videography, it's the same for anything. Just find something what you love find something that you love and the money will come. It's- something tells me something tells me you're a closet quilter, Danny.
1: Yeah. You're quilting on the low, aren't <laughs> you? You want to see some of my work? I, I can't, I can't see your hands right now. I haven't been able to see your hands this entire live.
0: You're just down there, you're just down there going to town. You didn't know, and then at the end, it's like boom. Check out this quilt. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, that's great. That's, that's fantastic.
1: Oh, let's see what everybody's. Ah, uh, Peru trip. Silva's visuals, dude. You gotta, you gotta get that uh, that shot out in Peru. I know you messaged me a while ago get it i know uh, also danny this is kind of like this is interesting how you hybrid the podcast with the ig live and and just kind of toss it in there so sorry to everybody listening to this afterwards is the podcast as we're engaging with everybody on instagram
0: it's that dual form setup for those of you listening later next time make sure you're on the actual live (laughs) it's more fun
1: (laughs) 100 percent are you, are you so, planning on Are you planning yeah. on kind of turning this and 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 going full into podcast only, or what's What are your goals with it? Are you just kind of having fun with it and running with it,
0: dude. No idea. Yeah. I just like talking to people, and I think there's a lot of really interesting people that out there that just don't necessarily have a place to talk as much, including myself. So it's just like a cool way to um, get ideas across, and I think. Like, like I was telling you yesterday when we were um, just catching up is I think like random conversations that I have with my friends who are in, in the industry, a lot of people could benefit from listening to that, um, like just starting out. So yeah, it's one of those things where I'm like, I have no idea where I'm going with this or what I want to do with it, but just doing it and seeing how it evolves. (laughs) Absolutely. We'll see. Oh, favorite podcast. That's a good question. Um, you can go ahead and go first if you want. Uh, my
1: favorite podcast, hands down, is uh the Ground Up Show by Matt Diavella. Uh, check it out. All that stuff. He's blah. I, I feel like like it like a a sixteen year old girl when I say this. Where it's like, I I listen to this band when they only had like three thousand. Like I I subscribed to Matt Diavella on YouTube when he probably had like five thousand subscribers because I just watched his uh documentary minimalism on netflix which it essentially just talks about just minimizing your life and the distractions around you to to really focus on what matters um and so i googled the guy and i was like dude this director was sick this is awesome so i googled him and i went into it i found his podcast but uh he's a minimalist filmmaker um, that just kind of teaches you how to live your life with a little bit more intention um originally Uh, His first like hundred episodes were all about like the creative space. So for everybody listening, trying to build something, uh, he was a great source for me to like kind of just look into and build upon. But now he's more in like the self-help, self-motivation industry, which I'm also just all about. I told you before, Danny, I'm I'm a big podcast guy, big book reader guy. Audible is my shit. So
0: yeah, dude, I love Audible too. Just sitting in the car, just like. Space. Yeah. Listening the, the average, day. everyone listening, if you don't listen to audiobooks, you're
1: screwing yourself. If you go, the average American sits in the car for a semester of college every year. Think about the amount of time that is. You sit in the car for over a semester of college, just, just sitting and listening to <laughs> Mike Posner. I don't know who you're listening to, but just if half the time, you know, obviously don't be the guy who – who picks up your homie and you're listening to a podcast nobody wants that just when you're by yourself throw on a podcast throw on an audiobook there's just so much value in uh, just uh listening i'm not a bit i don't sit down and actually read i'm just a big audiobook guy um but for me it's like did you throw it on even if it's in the background and you're like oh, okay i missed a chapter or
0: two just go back listen to it again it's easy yeah mm-hmm. and uh, like books are so cool because it's basically like a little capsule of someone's entire life experience in something you can read or listen to in like 10 to 15 hours. Like someone's entire, the wisdom they've learned in their entire life is is in this tiny, tiny little package thing. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. It's just, it's just a cool way to get different perspectives on things. And um, yeah. Audible is like the best invention.
1: Yeah. So make sure to swipe up. You'll get 15% off. (laughs) 3 uh, months free. Mike Mike asked what what uh the my favorite book is, I guess. But uh also you could probably toss in your answer here on cuz you I, I cut you off. You didn't even give your your podcast yet. But uh uh for books, I never I'm I'm skewed cuz I always tell my I always say my favorite book is the book I'm reading. <laughs> um but uh essentialism uh I never know authors, but um essentialism and the obstacle is the way i just finished both of those this week uh, and they were just both both about just minimizing uh essentialism is all about the uh the art of saying no in a world of gary vee's where everybody says yes and everybody wants you to put out a thousand different pieces of content every day um there's no right way and there's no wrong way to do anything however my approach to my content and where I can kind of say I've gotten my success is stepping back and really just being intentional um, on what I I put out there and want to be as high quality as possible every time somebody relates with my brand, as opposed to being somebody who's just like content, content, content. So essentialism is the name of that book. And it's uh, fuego. Yeah, very good. (laughs)
0: Um, yeah, so I guess to get back to the podcast things, I really love Joe Rogan. Um, he, he just has like such interesting people on and he's not afraid to ask the tough questions. Um, yeah, he has some really cool guests on some really smart people. Uh, also some people like Alex Jones. <laughs> like, I don't know if you watched the Alex Jones. I haven't watched that. <laughs> Dude, it's five hours of just straight, just dying laughing. Like, I don't know how that man. Yeah, he, he's like so funny it doesn't seem like it's real uh, yeah other podcasts uh some of my friends run a podcast it's called the dark room podcast and they actually have like other content creators and people who are in the film photo world and they just talk to them about their story and like just kind of kind of similar to this where it's just like creators talking to each other uh, so i listen to that a lot um yeah as far as i really love reading like Hey, I, I love audiobooks, but I, I kind of like the feeling of a book in your hand too. And you can sit in public, and everyone will be like, "Wow, that person still reads real books." And everyone <laughs> will look at you and be like, "Wow." You can get you can get on story? the. There's an Instagram
1: page. It's called Hot Guys Who Read. Are you and serious? You can get on that. Yeah, it's just it's just <laughs> dudes sitting in like the New York subway, and girls just creep on them. I don't I don't like I don't like follow it or anything. Like whatever. Uh, but no, yeah, yeah, I. Yeah, for me I I just try to audiobooks audiobooks have been really good for me and like I said dude it's audiobooks you can get through them so quickly that it's like doesn't
0: it doesn't really seem like a waste of time if you read it twice which is cool. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah there's 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 just so many good ones out there. It's super cliche to say but one of my favorite books is The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck. It's really good. Um Yeah, it's one of those cliché things that everyone's like, "No, everyone's reading that, so I don't want to read it." But but there's a reason there's a reason it got famous, you know? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And it's so different from every other self help book out there. It's just like very similar to I think what you're saying about um, essentialism is the book that you said. I want to read that by the way, Um, but it's just a very counterintuitive approach to finding success it's like it's kind of about redefining success like success isn't having a big house and a hot wife and an expensive car it's just about doing something you like and not feeling depressed while you're looking at someone with a ferrari because odds are like that person's super unhappy that Um, (laughs) guy's like nice food i (laughs) realized
1: Playing around with a spoon that whole awesome. <laughs> uh, No, but to go on that point, dude, the, I like that book because it was the first book I ever read that uh, made you like address your own mortality in a way that's like a positive way, I guess. Um, which, uh, like, I thought was really cool. Where everyone's always just scared of dying, uh, so they just avoid it, or they throw so much shit in front of their lives, so they're just like, you're constantly distracted. So you don't have to worry about dying because what everybody you're gonna die. So the that was the cool yeah. thing about uh so learn and not giving a fuck is the first book, I think I ever read that like made you step back and be like, dude, I, if you, you're gonna die, uh as blunt as that sounds. So just so just why not? Why not do what what did Jim Carrey say, you can fail at what you don't want to do. So why not? Why not try fail at what you do want to do? Or yeah, why, yeah, something, something like that. <laughs>
0: Yeah, and it's a, it's a weird topic to talk about, mm-hmm. like, but it happens to everyone. We're so getting deep, baby. We're language. getting <laughs>
1: deep. What? I said we're getting deep here.
0: Yeah, yeah, we're getting too deep. <laughs> but um, yeah, yeah, so um, the other question that I had was what? Which is like, first off, the worst question in the world that there's no answer to um but everyone asks it what's your favorite place you've been favorite place i have been Uh, or like a place you would recommend people to go to if they're looking for a cool place to go vietnam i say it time and time again vietnam yeah it's different it's so cool
1: it's there's nothing like like the thing about thailand and indonesia are both incredible and the the people in Thailand and in Indonesia are much more friendly than in Vietnam. That's just kind of the the reality of it. Not to say there aren't friendly people in Vietnam. Uh, however, if you go to Thailand and Indonesia, it's just much warmer, I guess, um, with, like, how people greet you. However, if anybody's been to, like, uh, a lot of Thailand and Indonesia or in Indonesia specifically, um, the, the hot spots people travel to are very uh, – like they they've been developed pretty heavy now and are almost pretty western and um vietnam's definitely on the the same path however there's just so many spots in vietnam that we felt out there man we were so deep and you were just like and we never felt we never felt like we were in any kind of like we never felt unsafe in vietnam we never felt uh uh we never felt like we're gonna run out of money or like get robbed or anything it was just a all around, just hop on a motorbike and go through Vietnam. I, I suggest that to everybody. My other suggestion is Iceland, but that, that one's a little bit tougher because Iceland costs an arm and a leg and your firstborn child to go for a week, so.
0: <laughs> Not if you do it like me, just pack a tent, only eat top ramen, and hitchhike. And Did you
1: hitchhike Iceland?
0: Yeah, yeah. That's awesome, that's rad. It was my first ever trip and it was like the scariest thing ever. Just Did walking you go all the way? Road?
1: I keep picking up the spoon. Did you go all the <laughs> way around
0: the uh, the island, the whole what is it, the Golden Circle
1: ring ring road ring road? No, or? I didn't.
0: I didn't make it all the way around. And dude, to be honest, this was like this was three years ago or so. And my phone actually broke right before I went there. And before I went there was when I was gonna do all my research on where I wanted to go. It was kind of like a random thing where I was like, I want to go to Iceland. And my phone was broken, like it wouldn't work with Wi Fi or anything. So I, I had no idea what I was going to see or what to do. I didn't know like the names of waterfalls that I wanted to see literally anything. <laughs> but I just like showed up. And at the airport, I just went up to some dude at the baggage carousel. I was like, Hey, are you going into town? Um, Like, I, I need a ride, <laughs> and I was like, I had never traveled before, never really gotten out of a comfort zone, um, but ever since that moment, I ended up meeting like so many cool people, and they kind of showed me, like, oh, you should go here, you should go here, you should go here, um, so I didn't make it all the way around, but I kind of moved around on the south c- coast a little bit, um, but yeah, I mean, I, I spent like 600 bucks for 10 days, so. Yeah, and that, well, that's probably also the day of Wow Airlines R.I.P., um yeah (laughs) it's a little bit
1: harder now after wow went down dude i went i went like two weeks after wow went down my flight was like 890 dollars compared to what i was gonna buy for like 350 i was like damn i messed up but i i waited late and it turned out my favorite because if i would have uh if i would have bought my wow ticket they just since they folded all those tickets just poof
0: Yeah. yeah I, I, still uh, heard, I never heard, like, it sounded like there's a bunch of people stranded places, but I never heard, like, a follow-up. I don't know what happened with that.
1: Yeah, I have no... I was stranded with uh, SAS, um, Scandinavian Airlines. They screwed us over, and uh, we had a big project that we were supposed to go, and they were just like, oh, our pilots are on strike. Uh, sorry. And we're like, what? Yeah. That, that's it? Yeah. Burned Did you end of up getting another flight? Huh? Yeah, yeah. We I had to stay in Europe for an extra two weeks. It was it was not fun. Uh, It was not the ideal. I was literally for four days, I was in my buddy Anders apartment just eating like spaghetti uh, in Copenhagen, just sitting there like in no man's land waiting for the the next time we could leave. So uh, it wasn't ideal. Um, But again, like we talked about those are the, the situations you run in time and time again when you travel that nobody wants to talk about or that nobody, nobody addresses in general. So,
0: yeah. And I I think, um, another like important thing is, um, to, to do this, like, like travel all the time and have that be your work. There's definitely a lot of sacrifices and I don't think many people see that. Um, just like being gone all the time, like rarely having a place where you're just not constantly moving around. There's definitely downsides. Like I think a lot of people look at it as like the dream job and I love it I absolutely love it but like there there is some sacrifice that
1: you have to go through um yeah no 100% and the reason why we say this everybody as I see my buddy uh, AJ just hammering away at the the hearts right now on the side (laughs) Um, the reason why we, we we keep coming back to this is just because people just like glorify the lifestyle so much and uh the reason why we keep coming back to some of the downsides not because um Danny or myself are are inherently pessimistic. It's just that people just don't remind themselves of the fact that that these people that you idolize online, uh, don't necessarily live the lives they continually put out. um, And that there is much more of a grind behind uh, uh, actually building building yourself up to, to sustain a lifestyle of videography, photography, whether it's in the travel space or not.
0: Yeah, definitely. Well, we have about like five minutes left until Instagram cuts us off. I don't know why. Um, we could talk until then and see if the conversation is still going, we can restart. But um, if we could just get some last minute questions down here.
1: Hey, anybody got any last minute? I wish I could travel a lot, but I'm a woman. So I feel, so again, I cannot, I cannot answer from a place of uh, true understanding from that. Cause obviously I'm a, a guy. However, there are plenty of places and I've met so many uh, girls that have traveled on their own uh, in different countries that have found once you actually go out to certain spots um, that it's not nearly as dangerous. And if you're smart about it and if you go about it in a way that that isn't drinking at 2 a.m. and you're wandering the streets alone, um, a lot of times you'll be pleasantly surprised how much safer these countries that are uh, advertised as unsafe actually are
0: yeah and, and like as soon as you get to a place and you're staying in a hostel likely there'll be another person exactly like you with the same situation also looking for someone else to travel with and you like you won't be alone for long um for sure but yeah you I just don't... have to be careful about it um just like use your head a lot of one of the big things with traveling is like people are always like oh this country's unsafe this country's unsafe this country's unsafe but in the United States, like big cities, like a lot of them are super unsafe, like more unsafe than a lot of these international places that that are kind of taboo. Unsafe. Yeah, you just came, you just came back from Istanbul, right? Yeah, like yeah, I was... one of the most welcoming, like awesome places I've been. It, like everyone was smiling, everyone was so friendly, and everyone back home was saying, "Don't go there." So. Mm-hmm yeah it's it's crazy it's crazy the perspective that actually like getting out there
1: uh, provides for you but uh yeah. yeah man i think i think unless anybody else has any when you come into the o c sam i'll be i'll be up and down the o c uh somewhat towards the end of, of end of summer there so hopefully we can run into each other stephen um, yeah if anybody else has any last minute uh three pointers they want to shoot our way with our or a uh, couple seconds, favorite memory from staying in the hostel, uh, no, that's... Uh, it's your favorite memories come from leaving the hostels, uh, <laughs> thanks for doing this live chat and podcast, yeah. I think that's some great things, thanks for tagging along, it's cool to see people commenting, because you know, you always just see the number in the top, it's cool to see that, you know, there's some real people, yeah, uh, So shout out to all you guys, uh, hopefully, uh, if you're coming from Danny's page uh hopefully you guys enjoyed enjoyed my perspective on things and if you're coming from my page um uh, make sure you shoot over to mr mcgee's uh ig right there click on it uh he's got some hyper tank dope ass content uh so check it out
0: uh but yeah dude i really appreciate you having me on board and uh, we definitely gotta do this another time yeah man this was super fun thanks so much for hopping on and like he said everyone is coming from my page go check out his page enter into his collab video. Um, it's hilarious. So do that. yeah, anyway, then...
1: anybody who's coming from my page right now too. Come on. Get it. Get, I know you're thinking about entering the collab video. Let's get it. <laughs> Let's make it good. Come
0: on. Let's do it. All right. All right man, well, yeah, it's been a pleasure. Good time. 100%. To you. Thank
1: you. Take yeah. it easy.
0: See you Thank same. you guys. Thank you guys for tuning in.